0: This is the Mojo, the meaning of life and business podcast, where life and business intersect. Hosted by Jennifer Glass, CEO of Business Growth Strategies International and BGSI Coaching, we are dedicated to your success. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. Podcasts, videos, we've all seen them. We may have a love-hate relationship with them. Some people like being on video. Some people like doing podcasts and audio programs. And some people can't seem to stand them. On our program today, I have a really amazing guest, a good friend of mine, and I'm sure he's going to be a great friend of yours as well. His name is Brian Kelly from Reach Your Peak, but before I have Brian come on, let me tell you a little bit about Brian. So Brian, in terms of what he does, really amazing. Entrepreneurs hire Brian to reach their peak because most do not stand out in the marketplace and fail to attract a steady stream of ideal clients. So he helps them reveal their personal and unique massive exposure machine, free up their time, and create a steady stream of revenue. Bottom line, he helps helps entrepreneurs generate a six-figure revenue stream within 12 months guaranteed. Wow, that's absolutely incredible, Brian. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm excited.
0: Same here. So Brian, let me ask you, podcasting. First of all, what made you get into podcasting yourself?
1: Well, oh, interesting. Uh, I actually started out doing live video before I went into podcasting because the two are actually different. Uh, they're, they're interchangeable. A lot of people use them interchangeable, but podcasting is the old school method of audio only recording and only audio only recording. And some, some platforms are adding video now, but I liken it to the old cars. You know, you drive those around. Remember those old radios in a car where they actually had buttons and dials? Uh, that's how I think of podcasting. It's been around a long time but it's incredibly effective, and so I began shooting live video shows and interviewing guests and realized there was an incredible power still for businesses by uh, uploading the audio to a podcast platform. A buddy of mine reached out to me and said, Brian, are you podcasting? And this was several years ago, and I said, no, not at the moment. Why? He goes, oh my god, you have got to get your show on podcast because it is blowing up my business, so from that day forward, I've always had my show when it's done it's a live video show I extract the audio and repurpose it so I have it on 25 different podcast platforms as we speak
0: and that's incredible and so Brian let me ask you as you work with businesses to help them increase their exposure give them more time create a steady stream of revenue I mean that's incredible in and of itself yeah how are you doing that though
1: Through a number of different uh, ways of primarily, though, the, the easiest, best way is through automation. And a lot of people don't put the two together doing a podcast or even a live show with automation. Automation is so vitally important, and a lot of people have not tapped into its power. And so what happens is I've built a lot of automation processes that occur prior to the show, leading up to the show. And then also during the show, a few things kick off automatically, and then post-show more automation. And all of those are for the purpose of greater exposure for the guests that I have on my show. And so, yes, I've had guests come on and say, my gosh, I've gotten great exposure just by being on your show. And then I also turn it around and I show other uh, hosts, those who want to have a live show or already have one, how to do the same thing in, in the same approach and gain massive exposure, not just for themselves, but for their guests as well.
0: And that's incredible. And so when we talk about automation, so that all of our listeners are really understanding, the process is not making us a robot. It's really just simplifying some of the steps and allowing our computers to just allow us to get step A, B, C, and D that are kind of like a, for those of you that are familiar with macros, it's kind of like running one of those pieces and just saying, we're automating this, we're automating this, we're automating that as we're moving forward, right?
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So if you find yourself in business repeating something over and over and over, that's warrant, you know, that warrants putting it into an automated process. And so as an example, uh, when I onboard my guests, I used to do it manually and talk to them and go through a checklist. And- You know check their lighting their their microphone everything and it would take extra time of mine and this i did this every single show and i finally realized i can automate this so i basically put things in video form put a checklist together had them go through it and while i'm sitting back my automation is doing it all i'm not spending any of my personal time on it and it ended up also saving the guests themselves about 40 minutes it used to take an hour one-on-one i do that a week before the show. we do like a tech tech, uh, tech check, I used to call it. And I automated the whole process. So now it only takes uh, 20 minutes for the guests to go through the checklist. And all they do is click a button to confirm they've gone through it. So I know on my end, they're ready to go.
0: And I can tell you firsthand from my own experience going through Brian's uh, checklist, it really is a absolutely incredible way of making sure that everything goes through the right way, making sure that everything is being done in the right manner uh, as long as everything is working. So Brian, let me ask you, when you started looking at automation, you started looking at improving the lives of all of these entrepreneurs. What, I guess, first, what was the best thing that you wanted them to ultimately achieve? And what were you hoping to achieve in return from all of these people other than a paycheck?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't look at it for the paycheck aspect and this may shock a lot of people. And I always say this, and that is, my show is not my business. It is a value add, it is a way to build a platform, nothing more, I don't market my business from it. Um, I do put an ad spot in it, but the focus of my shows are always first and foremost on my guests and elevating them and raising them up and getting them the exposure they want and deserve. I concentrate 100% on other people versus my own self and my business. And by doing that, I have gotten gotten a lot of business as a result, kind of through osmosis. And it's hard to explain it, but when you are everywhere and you're getting the massive exposure, because think about it, you're getting massive exposure for yourself as well, because when you're sending it to all these different platforms and repurposing it, People are seeing and hearing your voice, your name. And so when people do go to want to do business with you, they're going to they're gonna start researching you. This is what I do. They'll look up your name and, and then I get this comment all the time. It's like, my God, Brian, I see you everywhere. Said, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's the whole purpose. And not just for myself, also for my guest experts. And yeah, we can go into all the intangible, unbelievable benefits of having your own show that um, most people don't talk about. That are in addition to just this, the getting the exposure and everything. But you know, with automation, that also improves quality, and that's not just quality of graphics and sound and lighting and camera. It's also it's quality of communication. So that once you get to the show, both you and your guests can be 100% present and. The show, the quality of the show, the interaction will be that much more elevated because neither of you are thinking about all the other things that are going on. Like, is my lighting okay? Is my mic sound good? Am I, you know, what are the questions I'm going to be talking about? All that is already taken care of and ready to go.
0: And that's incredible. And again, like you said, the show and what you did was not for just for the paycheck. And a lot of people seem to miss that point very often. It's really when you help others look good, it helps you ultimately in return as well. And so it's kind of the uh, karma cycle, if you will. What you're putting out there into the world is coming back at you. So kudos to you for that. So let's talk about, though, in terms of the programs that you've seen people do from working with you. Can you give us a couple of examples that our listeners really have a better idea? Like if I'm thinking about coming up with a podcast or a live video program, what are some of the things that I need to be paying attention to right now that will allow me to get a better program instead of just one of the millions that are out there? Because every day another person is launching a new program.
1: Yeah, I always say just keep quality of the show in the forefront of your mind but do so i always say this do the best you can with the resources you have because you know a lot of people are thinking i have to wait till i have the perfect lighting setup the perfect camera you know the 1000 dollar camera the the you know the most incredible studio microphone on the planet uh, the thing is that'll keep you from starting or it'll keep you from moving forward so i always say just start with what you have right now and then improve as you go on, you're going to realize what you need to improve on, not only from your own um, perception after you watch the show over, if you do that, but from the guests. And I always say, if you're just starting out, is bring on people you know personally that are friends of yours that have your back, that will give you honest feedback when it's done. I look back, I mean, this is my second show, I have a show called the Mind Body Business Show, Jennifer Glass will be on it very soon. And uh, it it's my second rendition. I did another show over ten years ago, and live video had just become a thing. There was no Facebook, no Periscope. It was UStream and live stream. Uh, but going back to this rendition, which started about three years ago, the Mind Body Business show. My first show was horrible. Uh, the quality of it was horrendous, and it was a technology thing. And you just you just start and you go, and it's still posted up on Roku, Amazon Fire TV as a video. It's also on all the podcasts still. Uh, you don't want to ever get rid of it, but just know that you're going to start. You're going to stink in the beginning. Most people, at least in your own eyes, you will. And then you'll continue to improve and learn the techniques and how to better communicate and have the flow move better. Uh, don't sweat all the details in the beginning. Just concentrate on the guest. If you do that, you'll be less um. You'll be less nervous when you go on, Uh, when you are, when you concentrate on something outside of yourself, that is when you calm your nerves. I mean, this is a a speaking tip in general, you go up on stage, if you're nervous as heck before they announce you coming up, it's because you're in your brain about how well you're going to do. Instead, think about, oh, I can't wait to see what kind of impact I have on this crowd. Then you'll find a nice calm come over you. You'll still be anxious and nervous, and that's a good thing, but you won't be like shaken in your boots, so to speak, as a result.
0: So it's funny you said uh, you don't have to be great in the beginning, which reminds me, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that's exactly the point that so many people seem to miss in terms of getting started. Because like you said, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have all of these pieces. And so what am I doing? Because I'm going to be failing. So as we look, though, at getting into a process, right, so we know, excuse me, we know that we're starting. We're going to go out there and we're going to start generating interest from people wanting to be on the program. And we're trying to help our guests ultimately succeed. Is there a length of time maybe that we should be looking at in terms of interviewing our guests to make it really stand out? I mean, you've done three years of the live videos and the program that you had before. So from your experience, is there an ideal length of time in terms of how long somebody should be interviewed?
1: Meaning like per show? Per show. Um, I don't know if there is an ideal time. There is an ideal time, but it's specific to that person, their topic and the guests that they have on. It's uh, you know, there's no like magic number. My shows are always one hour in length and that includes a little bit of upfront uh, pre framing maybe seven minutes. Uh, but then most of it from that point forward is just talking to the guests and the hour goes by fast. It's unbelievable how fast that goes by. A couple ad spots I do a prize giveaway at the end and that's just, you know, a few minutes uh, total. Others like to go 30 minutes. Some, I I was just on one fairly recently. It was literally seven minutes long and it was interesting. I was curious how it was going to go. It went really well. I was the the guest on it. So it's really your preference, your availability, your schedule, how much time and effort you want to put into it. There are a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, I would start, I mean, if you're thinking and you haven't started one, never done it, at least 30 minutes. Um, You you just kind of get going at that point when uh, I found from uh, the shows I've done. And a rule of thumb to help folks out. So for an hour show like I do, you'll be surprised, but 10 questions is all you need. That's it. And so if you're gonna do a 30 minute show, you only need five and you can just go from there. And uh, oftentimes the questions that we select are, uh, rarely do I go through all 10 rarely. I usually start with a few of them and we organically change course during the conversation and it's always on on par with um, the theme of the show and we just we just enjoy it have fun and we're relaxed we're also the guest is also providing immense value throughout the show and and for mine mine's entrepreneur-based and others might you know it doesn't have to be an entrepreneur-based show it could be about pets it could be about nutrition it could be whatever but as long as you keep it somewhat toward the theme Make it conversational, not robotic. And, uh, but that's a skill set that you will learn over time. So don't sweat it, just have it in mind and have that as a target, but always improve your skills. And the only way to do that is what I call it's seat time, like race car. You got to be in the car and driving it on a racetrack. So get out there and start interviewing folks. And just have fun with it. And don't worry about, don't sweat the details like, oh, I had a hair out of place or man, that zit showed up at the worst time and all that good stuff that happens. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> that totally is funny. And I've always wanted to say this, this reporter says um, <laughs> for my for this program, as all of you uh, that have been our loyal listeners have seen, there is no pre-written questions and everything. It's purely conversational And so when it comes down to it, find what works best for you. The more that you know your guests, the more that you have a clear understanding where you ultimately want to go and what you're trying to do in your program, the better it's going to be. And that will kind of dictate the exact format of your program. So Brian, let me ask you, though, when we look at all of the different tools that are out there, I mean... We have YouTube, we have Amazon Video, Roku, you mentioned. Um, We have all of the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, all of these systems. There's so many different platforms to choose from. Rather than being completely daunting to those people who are starting, is there something you can give guidance to that will allow those people who are maybe considering launching their own program, an idea what platforms, what services they should go to in the beginning as they start to grow?
1: Uh, that's a great question. So when it comes to live video, there, I mean, it, it's not daunting actually at all when it comes to live video. I use a, a resource that many have heard of now, it's called StreamYard, and you can uh, put in there up to eight destinations. So. Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, and the list goes on. So whatever you already have an account for, and if you don't have an account for some of the destinations they offer, all you need to do is set one up. It doesn't take that much time. And then when you schedule your show, you just select all of those platforms. It's that easy. Uh, And then you are now broadcasting on what I, I call carpet bomb marketing. So you're spreading out your message and saturating the marketplace with just that approach. And then when it comes to podcasting, This is uh, wonderful. Find a syndication platform. There's several of them. I use Podbean. There's Libsyn. There's Spreaker. There's a whole bunch of of them. But the cool thing is once you set up what's called an RSS feed, don't worry, it's it's not that difficult. uh, You through that system, then you take that and you just enroll into all these other podcast platforms and supply that link. And so what happens once you're set up, it's easy going from there. Because the moment you upload your next podcast episode to a Podbean uh, and set it up and schedule it to go out on a certain date and time, the second it goes out, it's using that RSS feed. All of those podcast platforms you signed up to are pulling that in automatically. You don't do, you you upload it to one place and it gets syndicated to many. Uh, So I'm all about automation and keeping it simple. And so most of the brunt of the work is in the setup in the beginning, which really isn't that much, uh, to be honest. It's just knowing where and when to do it, not when, but where to do it.
0: Absolutely, it's all about just getting started. Like we've said multiple times, I think throughout this program already, you just have to make sure that you are going to be committed. And Brian, this actually brings me to another point that you and I discussed when we talked a little while ago, you had two rules, if I remember correctly about podcasting. Can you share those two rules with our listeners so that they rem- they know exactly what it is in terms of those rules?
1: I think I remember the ones you're talking about, but there were two rules that in fact I learned these from a guy named Lewis Howes who many have heard of some have not. He's a very uh, prominent entrepreneur but he was interviewed on stage. And it was amazing. Uh, His answer was in direct alignment with my actual experience. And what he said was, well, the question was, Lewis, if someone came to you and they wanted to start a podcast, what would your your advice be to them? And he said, well, two things. One is you must be committed to stay consistent. So if you're going to drop a show once a week on a Monday at a certain time of night or day, then you do that every week without fail. Never miss one. Number two, though, is more important. He said, if you're not willing to commit to doing that a full two years from the beginning, if you're not committed to see it through, no matter what happens, then my advice to you is do not start one at all. And the amazing thing was, I was right at my two-year mark for this current show the moment I saw that interview, I almost fell out of my chair. I said, he hit the nail on the head and mine's a live video show. So I do far fewer episode, episodes. There's a lot more work that goes into a live video show. So I do once a, one a week. Uh, some podcasters do one every day. I mean, it just depends on time and, and uh, resources and availability of people. But it was right on the spot because that's right when my momentum started hitting. I started getting incredible guests like Les Brown and Tom Antion and, and just leaders of, in, in their industries coming on my show, and he hit the nail on the head. It's, it's a long, long process. Just stick with it. Just make it fun. And again, I, my, my advice is don't make your show your business, so then you won't feel the pressure of, oh, I'm not making any money with it. Well, you probably won't, to be all flat out honest, unless you are a prominent individual that has a big following already. Very difficult to make money directly from it very quickly. There are some that have courses out there that show you how you can. Um, I, it's just not a mainstream thing. It's not. It doesn't happen as often as people might think, I don't think.
0: And that's definitely a great answer. And so when we look at podcasting, in your experience, do you find it maybe better for people to first be guest uh, guests on a podcast before they jump into their own? Or do you find maybe being a host first may be better?
1: You know, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm just a, a supreme action taker. I just say do both. Just go for, go for it. So schedule your show and and do this. Schedule it for a certain day of the week. I'd start with one day a week just to make it so it's a, something you can actually attain and do and a specific time of day that either you drop the audio recording or that you actually go live either way and then work around that and become a guest on other people's podcasts and definitely both Um, one of the biggest tips from a very prominent podcaster I know personally about monetizing quicker is to be a guest on as many podcasts as you possibly can so he'll he'll set aside a week and do a marathon and just set clear his week out and then get um, on different podcasts and he'll just knock those out all week long. And we're talking podcasts. These are mostly the recording type. And, uh, and then he said, because at the end he'll, they'll offer him the ability to mention, how to get in touch with them, whatever he's got as a giveaway, that kind of stuff. And that's where they, his business grew was he's not making money from the podcast directly. People aren't paying for the podcast, but they're coming to his uh, links, his resources that he's verbally, saying on the podcast, saying this is where you go. And so, yeah, there's so many tips on this. My goodness, I'm just thinking as I'm going, it's like, make your links simple. (laughs) Don't make them, you know, 500 characters with a lot of uh, subfolders and slashes and file names and all that stuff. Uh, There's so many things, but yeah, uh, I would do both. Personally, if you're going to start, the easiest way is to be a guest. By far, the easiest approach is to uh, be a guest and you can learn and you will learn like I am now. Uh, learning different techniques learning different ways to intro learning different ways to interview I like this about the way Jennifer is doing this and well you know what the way she's doing that may not be a fit for me but it's just as important to know what you don't want to do versus what you do want to do doesn't mean Jennifer's doing anything wrong it's just does it fit with your style with your uh, topic and all that and so yeah it's great experience the more the better is the bottom line the more you can be on or host the better.
0: Absolutely, and one other thing to keep in mind too, especially for videos that you may be on, and this is really for anyone that's doing videos in general, think about your branding and think about what you have in your background as you're branding or as you're on video. Are you fitting in with your brand? Are you fitting in with what you're actually looking at? Now, for those of you that are watching this, On YouTube and other video forms, you're seeing right behind me, I've got some of my books right behind me. And that's really important because it's helping you immediately see, oh, she's an expert. Think about what you can do also in terms of where you are, because all of these different tools, right, there's something that in sales, it's always be closing. It's not necessarily always be closing, But it's always be getting your message out and be clear with your branding, right? You see me right now wearing a hat. 99% of the time, except for when I'm actually up on stage, I'm usually wearing a hat. A good friend of mine, she's in the PR world, is known as the pink lady because anytime you see her, she is in pink, even when she's in her downtime. I think even her pajamas are pink. And so it's really as simple as that. Think about what you're doing with your branding, how you're appearing to the people that are seeing you, and that's really going to be key. So, Brian, as we look, though, at moving forward from here and we look at helping even more people, I want to ask you, though, what was your story that got you even start doing your program 10 years ago before you started doing this video iteration. And where has that led you in terms of your story to where you are today?
1: Yeah, th- uh, the start point was a couple of things. First was I'm just a tech geek. I love automation. It's what drives me. I'm a software engineer by trade from years gone by. And when you write software, you're, you're, you're literally automating tasks and processes. It's just doing the same thing over and over and always tweaking. And so when we first saw, though I had a business partner back when we first started and we saw that someone did a live. It's the first live we ever saw and it was a tweet-a-thon and he was helping raise money uh, by using these straws that you could um, literally dip into a putrid pond and it would filter and it would be good water. But we, we started scrambling, looking for the technology this guy was using for the live. And so found it and started doing lives of our own and interviewing people. We did, um, my gosh, hundred shows total over a two year span. And then um, I then became uh, acquainted with a gentleman who would become my mentor and learned deep from him uh, mindset skills uh, through neuro-linguistic programming, NLP for short. And through that I learned uh, advanced techniques for speaking from stage and doing it with integrity and character and all the good things and I fell in love with speaking, I absolutely <laughs> fell in love, uh, just enjoy it, uh, helping people, and then, uh, so then, uh, this this is a virtual platform, I love speaking on stage physically more, uh, but it's not always available, and it's, you know, you got to travel, there's a lot of different uh, things, so this virtual approach enables you to do it anytime, literally anytime, as long as you have a connection, even if you're on your phone, which I don't, I don't endorse doing that, but if it's all you got at the time, uh, then okay. But you wanna always exude yourself with absolute quality. And like you said, Jennifer, your branding is important. Uh, case in point, right before we went live, I didn't know we were doing this this moment. I thought we were just onboarding, which is okay, I'm always ready. Uh, and I was, wearing a, I was wearing a polo shirt. So I have I literally have all of my clothes in my studio that I use for my show. And I just popped up, threw on a shirt and a blazer. This is my brand. And the background is always the same That's a painted wall. There's nothing behind there. And I've changed that over the years uh, and improved it. And so, yeah, you're, you're spot on with the branding. But yeah, the, the whole thing was, there's two things. It was speaking and it was the, the whole technology and automation that got me started in the beginning.
0: Thank you. And so let me ask you, where do you see yourself in, say, the next 5, 10 years? I mean, podcasting, video broadcasting is not going anywhere in terms of disappearing, but there's going to be tons of enhancements, and as AI learning and everything is going to be changing the world, there's going to be a lot of enhancements from that perspective. But where does Brian Kelly see Brian in five, ten years from now?
1: still helping people to achieve the most they can. And whatever the technology happens to be at that point, you know, if it's AI driven, uh, is always be human. Uh, when, it, when the rubber meets the road, when you go live on, or you're talking uh, recorded on audio podcast, just be authentic. Uh, you, it's, I have no problem with using automation um, for certain kinds of communication. Like I said, those that are repeatable, but there, there is still and always will be a very important aspect of business, which is relationship building. And that's human to human, not bot to bot or bot to human or vice versa. Uh, There are times and places for those, I firmly believe. So there are people that are a one or a zero. It's like, yes or a no. You know, you either don't do automation or you do do automation and that's all you do. I think there's a, a fine, there is a place for both. And there will, there's no, there's gonna be no hiding from automation going forward. And for me, it's always trying to stay up to date with the latest and just kind of be near the front of it. I don't have to be at the very forefront, but those who don't will be left in the dust because other companies will figure it out and they will have a unique selling proposition that will beat theirs because they will have automated it and become more efficient at it. And so, yeah, it's a slippery slope there, but yeah, I would say in three to five years, I'm just going to be helping more people because of the exposure and the compound effect. And that's all that drives me is helping people to to become successful. I know so many who have struggled over the years and all it takes is having a model to follow. And if you can model success, if you can follow a recipe and make a decent cake from something you've never done before, then then why not use the recipe instead of trying to reinvent it yourself? That's what I wanna offer folks is a, a recipe, a model to follow so that their lives can be easier, happier, and more fruitful, and they can help more people as well.
0: And that's great. And just parenthetically, because you mentioned bot to bot, I have a really interesting story. And for those of you that use virtual assistants, this may be something you want to think about or not. Uh, But there was recently an incident that I heard about a couple of years ago. I heard this story where there were two CEOs, of larger size companies, but private companies. So they were still using virtual assistants of their own. But the two CEOs happened to be using the same virtual assistant. And they were in process of trying to coordinate a meeting. But neither one wanted to seem like their schedule had available time because they both wanted to have a look of being busier, if you will, that they needed. So the virtual assistant was emailing back and forth on both of their behalves. I'm not free Thursday at four. How about Friday at three? Friday at three doesn't work for me. How about 10? And this went on for like five, 10 emails uh, back and forth. And eventually they agreed to a certain time because neither side ultimately, well, in the beginning, neither side knew that they were using the same assistant until they happened to meet and they were saying my assistant was going through it and they mentioned the name and holy smokes, we're using the same one. And so if you're using a virtual assistant, you may just want to say, listen, if I ever get into a relationship with someone else that you're working with, let me know beforehand, please, just so that way I know what I'm dealing with. And uh, it's always those kinds of interesting stories. I've told my own assistant's this quite a few times in terms of that. But it's interesting though, because with automation, like you're talking about, Brian, you kind of may or may not need virtual assistance in terms of people that are helping you because your automation is doing a lot of that that may already be working. So there's calendar automation and all sorts of systems. You booked a time to appear on this program from my uh, calendar booking system, which kicked off its own automation sequence And just like your system has its own uh, kickoff as well, that's a pure example of automation and how it can work directly for your business. So if you're not ready to really jump in, put your toe in. Start seeing what you can do that you feel comfortable with, right? I mean, if you think about calendar bookings, just as a pure example, how many of the back and forth emails do you really want to be doing? Like I just mentioned with the VA, neither side wanted to agree that it was a good time. If you've got a situation though, that you can use a calendar booking system, there's plenty of them out there. There's Calendly, Acuity, Book Like a Boss, who I personally use, and so many others that are out there. There's so many platforms that you can choose from to really get the right opportunity that works for you. And that's a little bit of automation that you can use right now to get started. And then when you're ready, Brian can jump even more and help you really go into the deep end. But Brian, let me ask you, as we wrap up our conversation today on podcasting, video uh, broadcasting, is there anything else that we should let our friends know in terms of, Here's some of the things you want to do or not do when it comes to podcasting and video broadcasting.
1: I, the things to do is just get started if you're not. And the things to not do is give up, period. It's very simple. So get in it, commit to it. Just like we said, two years, um, be okay with that. And and think of that in a positive light, not a negative light. Uh, think of the two years as like, wow, I get to, I get to do this once a week for two years minimum, this is gonna be phenomenal. And you'll find out as you do it, the people you meet. um, I would recommend, this is one thing I would recommend for show style, and that would be interview style, meaning have another person to talk to instead of just being a talking head by yourself. I know some that do that and mix talking head with interview on different podcasts. Uh, it's, It's just more engaging to have someone else on there with a host asking the questions. Uh, if you're a talking head, then oftentimes you're pitching your own company uh, and things that you're doing. Uh, I've seen that a lot. If you're interviewing someone else, they, they aren't on the pitch, but I will ask them as a host and lead them to, to tell me and our, our guests or our audience about their business. So now it's not a pitch anymore. I asked them, I opened the door for them and it comes off much less salesy, much less pitchy uh, if they have something to offer. Uh, then I open that door for them, the opportunity on the show. And so it just softens the blow and it seems natural. And that person gets the exposure they want and need. And the audience that's watching, if it's a fit for them, they will reach out. So yeah, I would do interview style would be one, but get started and never give up would be the main two.
0: Thank you. And definitely great tips. So Brian, I understand that you have a special offer for our loyal listeners today.
1: Yeah, I have a brand new club I'm calling. It's a membership site and it's free, free to join. And it's called Reach Your Peak Club. And uh, the the URL is join.reachyourpeakclub.com. And all it is, is a discount house for entrepreneurs. And I've started filling it up with some amazing, amazing deals where you can get a CRM that I personally use for all my automations it is the most amazing crm i've ever seen in my life and i'm an automation i was coined the automation master by a, a colleague so i'm going with it uh and it's called peak connector but you can get it for 300 a month less than it's going right and you get every feature not just some all of them are included uh you can get a zoom account and have 500 meetings of uh, seat meetings 500 seat webinars uh, which would normally cost around a thousand dollars a month because they require a minimum number of licenses. Uh, for you through this membership, twelve dollars and ninety-nine cents a month for the same exact service. So, and there's other things in there. I hold a master class every two to three weeks. Uh, it's free. That's in there. Uh, there's a VA agency I use, and they are uh, registered and certified and trained in P connector, the CRM. Uh, and you can get them for as little as $4.06 an hour working full-time 40 hours a week. I use them. That's in there. So it's a free resource for those of you that want to take a look. Uh, I have nothing for sale here. It's just uh, here to help and provide people with a way to get things at a, a less less cost to their bottom line and uh, so they can crush it.
0: And again, that was join.reachyourpeakclub.com. And we'll have that link again in the uh, description below and in the show notes uh, for the program. And so, Brian, let me ask you, how can people find you?
1: You know, the best thing, just come, come watch the show. Uh, it's themindbodybusinessshow.com. A quicker way to it, I have a shortener. It's RYP, that stands for Reach Your Peak, my company name, ryp.im forward slash register. And it's a free, you just opt in and all it does is remind you when the next show is going live, come on, interact. And then uh, Facebook, you can just look me up on Facebook and connect with me that way. LinkedIn as well. Uh, but the show would be the best place to start because now you can kind of model, watch and learn from it and just model the things that we're doing on there that that are in alignment with what you want to do.
0: Thank you. And that was definitely incredible. And just having Zoom and the VA marketplace and the Peak Connector CRM system, all of those are absolutely incredible opportunities. And for those of you that are listening and watching, I really encourage you to go to join.reachyourpeakclub.com and make sure that you reach out to Brian and say that you're signing up because of this program and sharing your love with Brian. So, as we wrap up our conversation today on podcasting and video broadcasting, as Brian said a couple of times, you got to get started. If you aren't already there, you have to get started. The world is waiting to hear from you. If you're not sharing your expertise, if you're not sharing your knowledge, if you're not sharing your interests, you're depriving humanity of so much greatness. And it's not that you have to be great to be started, to get started. Like I said earlier, it is all about getting started to be great. The more you can do that, the better it's going to be. So think about what you're going to do. Map out the next couple of weeks, a couple of points that you can immediately start to act on whether it's looking at Brian for the automation pieces to help you as you go forward, or it's simply using Zoom, Skype, Facebook Live, any kind of platform that's going to allow you to start simply engaging and creating a format that is going to work with you and your brand, the better it is ultimately going to be. The more that you know exactly what you're giving to humanity, the more they're going to want to work with you. And on that note, this has been another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. And here is to your success. This has been another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review, liking us, or reaching out to us. You can contact us at bgsicoaching.com and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening.